You're listening to NGSE Sports Radio. Hear us live on NGSEsports.com where you can get awesome analysis for all things sport. Or check out our podcasts on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, TuneIn, and much more. For our latest videos, head to NGSC Sports YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at NGSC Sports and like us on Facebook. NGSC Sports. We never stop. Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook.com slash Huddle Up Podcast. This week we have tons to cover, including the Winter Olympics, the NHL hitting the home stretch, and Dez did catch it. But first, our show is brought to you by QB54, the newest game, taking over backyards, tailgates, and beaches everywhere. Go to playqb54.com, use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your order. Again, playqb54.com, use promo code PODCAST for 20% off of your order, and we are back. It's been a little while. We had the Olympics. Of course, we had the almost threw up the Super Bowl, Woo! and we got Sean in studio. We have Dave on the line, and hell hath frozen over the Philadelphia Eagles. I can't even. I can't. We're world champions, James. There you go. Thank you. World champions. I didn't want to have to say it myself. Dave, uh, are you as sick about this as I am? <laughs> well, I think since football season has passed, I think we've talked about it enough and it's time to move on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now it's time. <laughs> uh, I guess we can give Sean like 15 seconds to, to not so humbly brag about this. Look, I'm not going to say I called it, but I took the Eagles, I took the over, and I took Nick Foles. It was it was a dream come true, a nervous dream, a scary dream, a dream that almost toppled into shambles in the second half, but the dream stayed alive. Big Dick Nick Foles coming through in the clutch, helping the city of Philadelphia, as far as I'm concerned. Shack him up in City Hall, shack him up in whatever church he wants to pre- preach at. The man deserves everything. Wall of Fame, Hall of Fame, street named after him. Uh, either way, uh, got to go down for the parade. It was phenomenal. I'm sure it was. I'm Two sure million was. people. Just... Are you finally? Are you sober finally now from it? I, I think so. I mean, I, I feel <laughs> still feel a little bit of a light buzz, but uh, that that could be the uh, that could be the vodka from today. And my God, like Philadelphia sports, they haven't even slowed down. Like, are you a little scared though that like today's the last day of February? Like, is was this the the dream month? And like, yeah, I don't know. You can wake up to now. The Flyers play tomorrow. I don't even know what, when the Sixers play next. But like, the Flyers play tomorrow. Like, what what what's your feeling going to be like? If thank God February is only twenty eight days. Exactly. If uh, tomorrow night, like I'd say, Carolina comes into Philadelphia and wins like seven to one, like <laughs> like you start off March and the doors get kicked in. Like, is it? Is that like the the nightmare scenario for Philadelphia? Well, I feel like the 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 Philadelphia fan and everybody has that. You, you always have that twinge. You still have it, and I know you've given me the spiel about 
You know, the city's not cursed. The city's yeah, not cursed. Yeah, I only hear Maybe that we're not. again. Maybe we're not. And even if we're cursed for the rest of it, we got our one, and I'm very pleased with that. But, yeah, it's any transition to a new month, you think, maybe. <laughs> is this might be uh, All I know is I did sign a petition to, to rename 9th Street in Philadelphia uh, Nick Foles Way, and I'm pretty excited <laughs> about that. I'm going to start another petition to rename February with a PH. I'm going to see where oh, I can for send God's sakes. PH February. February, okay. Yes, yeah, I get it. It's been a good one. I, I got it. Yeah, it has – well, it's been great for you. It's been – awful for me the the Hershey Bears continue their spiral the Capitals are hanging on by the thinnest of threads we'll we'll talk about the NHL and this and their standings uh coming up here uh in a little bit if you are listening and want to call in and talk to us you can do that 401-347-0613 then use pin 29312 you can also leave comments in the Facebook live video if you want but again that number 401 401- three four seven zero six one three then use pin two nine three one two uh it's also out on all the social media posts facebook and twitter are at huddle up podcast and we'll give ours then in, in at the uh, close of the show but the winter olympics is wrapping up uh, this past weekend and, and it was kind of a a uh, up and down for the u.s uh I, I think we we fell in under the the number of uh expected or or hoped uh, medals, uh, 23 total medals, nine gold, eight silver, six bronze. Um, but uh, some some thrilling moments, obviously, in women's hockey and in men's curling. We'll, we'll touch on those. But really, I think the big story, at least from from kind of a, a more national perspective, a perspective that uh, everybody has a little more uh, in touch on, is probably the men's hockey side. And the fact that, the um, of course, the NHL players not in this one, the, the collective bargaining agreement, uh, by the the rat Gary Bettman as as uh, gets booed in most NHL cities, um, did not allow the players to go play in it. So you had uh, obviously very stacked teams in uh, the with the Olympic athletes from Russia um, and and a lot of your European teams. Of course, the United States and Canada came in pretty weak um, with uh, no NHL players. So you kind of had this conglomeration of college players and minor league hockey players. Uh, both teams falling short in, in what is normally uh, a, a sport that they excel in. The Olympic athletes from Russia win the gold in, in men's hockey. We'll, we'll touch on uh, our thoughts about that. But um, did, did you guys enjoy the, the men's hockey side of it? I actually I did. I mean, it's a bummer the U.S. couldn't have gone further based on uh, the, the roster situation. But I actually enjoyed it because it gives me a little change of pace from seeing like the NHL All-Star Olympic rosters. I mean, I know I enjoyed it, and, and I know a lot of people tune into the Olympics. There are a large chunk, uh, at least uh, in my circle, in, in, in that I read about that hockey is one of the big reasons they tune into the Winter Games. And um, I, I think there's an excitement about it, just even, whether it's NHL or not, the, the larger ice surface, and it's just a different style of play. You, you lose out on a lot of the fights and the – so a lot of your your fringe fans, the the fans that go for the fights and the hits and the, you're you're gonna lose some of that and 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 they may be disappointed. But to a pure hockey fan, it, it's it's way more fun to watch. Everybody comes from a similar background. You know, obviously you're playing for your home country, and I and I think there's a lot more to that than than it says. And without the NHLers, you get people that that's that's what they want to play for. You know, you don't have the guy that goes, well, I'll go back and I'll go play for Boston and we'll play for a Stanley Cup, you know, whatever, win, lose. I, you know, I'm, I'm here. You know, I, I did my my best, um, but I don't know. I, I missed us being good. 
so I kind of miss the <laughs> NHL. But I'll tell you what, for a, for a dark horse like Germany to go through that tournament, I mean, you really had an opportunity for Russia to just manhandle them in a gold medal game. And um, I, I thought, I mean, considering you couldn't have asked for a better gold medal final out of that. So uh, I thought the tournament itself was really well done. It, you know, just kind of a bummer being a, a USA homer. Dave? No, I agree. I mean, I think the, the thing that you talked about, the pure passion in these athletes that are there and just how uh, how they're playing for their country and they, they want to be there giving it their all versus, you know, hey, i got to protect my NHL contract, my NHL team, that type of thing. Um, but the one thing, uh, kind of striving away from the uh, the Olympics with the hockey here, I freaking hate shootouts deciding important games like that. Like, I can live with them for the regular season, but let them keep going sudden death till someone scores. Yeah, no, that that's a great point, Dave. And and obviously, you know, we saw that in in the in the women's uh, gold medal game. We saw it throughout uh, the Olympics. Like, I understand why they do it uh, through your like preliminary rounds and your non-medal rounds because you have to get so many games in in, in a short period of time. Uh, so so I, I do get it there. But yeah, when you get to to uh, you know elimination games and especially your bronze medal game, gold medal game. You you got you have to find you you have to just go to five on five play until uh, there's a goal scored because um, you know it, it, it's it's a shame obviously happy that the women's um, that, the, that the women's team won the gold medal but what a, like it, it's 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 like going to a uh, you know like the penalty kicks in in in, in soccer to, to determine a winner of a game like you you have this sport that is a team sport. Uh, and, and you and you play like sixty plus minutes, and then you go to the, go to the shootout. I, I I mean I hate the shootout as it is. I mean I I think it takes it takes away what is the ex- most exciting play in sports, and that is you know that that is the penalty shot, and that's like the thing that's been talked about forever as one of the most exciting things in sports. And then you know y- you see it all the time now. So that excitement, the thing that makes it like cool and fun, is is gone. And yeah, to to take a team game and have it have a you know a championship or a or a medal determined by a, a skills competition, I have never liked that, and I and I probably never will. Yeah, and um, as far as the the tight schedule goes, you want to do the pool play games, fine. It becomes like a regular season semifinals. Okay, I mean, I guess maybe do a two overtime, but like, yeah, you get to that gold medal game. And, and I mean, luckily, I mean, not if you're Germany, but luckily <laughs> it didn't come down to it, uh, and and it ended up just being a laser of a shot on a on a power play. Um, but yeah, big big games. I mean, the NHL figured it out. I mean, they don't. Once you get to the playoffs, you, you're not seeing it. And um, you know, much for my Flyers, it's a good thing. But they, <laughs> you, but um, yeah, I, I mean, you can you can do a lot with the overtime period. The NHL obviously going three on three and. You know, maybe each progressive overtime dumb down the number of players, something to to increase the chance of a score, but but shootouts are just too. I mean, you you could just get lucky or or unlucky, and and it's over. So I'm, I'm with unless the, you have TJ Oshie. Yeah, yeah, we we were definitely hurting in this Olympics because uh, Oshie was still in the in the nation's capital. Um, but uh, I mean, we had we had your buddy Chris Bork, Dave. So that was uh... yeah, Chris, <laughs> shortest Olympian in history. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I I did. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the men's hockey. We'll see uh, as we progress over the next few years 
um, if the NHL will kind of change their uh, change their stance going towards the next one. Um, and and I think too, and and I think you touched on it, Sean. That you know a lot of people uh, tune in to see the hockey and 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 see that product. And I know ratings were down uh, for this Olympics. Maybe that was part of it. I also think that um, the the streaming ha- is is a large reason for that because um, you know you had pretty much like primarily it seemed like figure skating on NBC. Uh, the curling was on CNBC a lot. You had some stuff filtered in on uh, NBC Sports and MSNBC in USA. But but I think we've hit the point in, in TV coverage where um, most people, ha- you know, that, that have, you know, cable or satellite service, they have the streaming option. And for people that don't have a cable subscription, they, they probably know a few people that have it and will let them use it for something like this. So that is why there, there was a lot of streaming. I mean, I, I took my iPad to work every day. Uh, had a little stand there. I, I have three monitors that I work on, and then I put this in front of them, uh, down in front of them. So I was able to to, to watch some Olympic coverage at work. Um, you know, I, you had the Olympic on instead of your normal uh, porn that you have on there. So well, well done, Jimmy. Uh, well, naturally, you know, give myself a little bit of break there. Um, and then even when I was at I hate home, when my wrists are sore. <laughs> Carpal tunnel, man. Uh, so you know, and then we're at home. Why you? We'd be watching one thing on TV, and I'd have, uh, you know, I'd have another event streaming on the iPad as well. So I, I just think that we, we've become a, a multi-screen, multi-device uh, society that, that ratings are going to be down because I think people are, are utilizing things beyond your standard TV a little bit more. Yeah, Jim, uh, just kind of going along with this, I think the biggest thing that affected the ratings is the time difference. Yeah, I mean, if I, can, if I can watch the highlights for 20 minutes versus watching all the bullshit that NBC does for – three hours, uh, that's probably good enough for me. I mean, if I can watch the, the, you know, hey, these are the six guys that went fast plus the Americans in speed skating, well, that's all I need to see. I don't need to see the other 40 guys go. I can just watch, the, you know, the three that really interest me, and good. I'm all about efficiency at this point, that uh, those are the kind of key things. So it's all uh, – it's going to be interesting because I think the, the Olympics are over there again, and how are these TV markets going to capitalize on this to, to create ratings? Well, I think the the summer games and the next winter games. Yeah, we got two in a row in Asia these yeah. days. Yeah, so you know it's it's. I I think I think part of it too maybe is, yeah, you have too. I think too much of the, you know, Tariko and athlete sitting at the desk talking when when I think people want to tune in and watch an event and and, and maybe they they need to utilize split split screening. Maybe they need to do. Um, you know, some sort of like mixed channel where you, you can have that interview, but also see an event while that interview is going on. Like I, you know, I, I don't tune into the Olympics necessarily to see a talk show. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, as somebody that works, you know, I, you know, where I bartend and, and stuff, a lot of the, the customers there, they're not um, necessarily huge sports fans. You know, mm-hmm. they turn to me a lot to educate them on curling or some of these other sports and uh, they get kind of into them, but those folks, the ones that aren't huge sports fans, uh, and maybe some of them just opt for Dave's route and just kind of catch the American highlights, other ones, um, a, a lot of those fringe sports fans, they like that, like, you know, host in a host on a couch with Lindsey Vaughn, you know, chatting, what did it feel like, story you know, what did it feel like, you know, is this your, you know, and, and is this your last Olympics? Well, you just said Lindsey Vaughn. 
on a couch, and what did it feel like? Yeah. <laughs> so you know where my head's at. That's all. Say, uh, I know where your I know where your head wishes it was at. I'm just saying, you know, when Lindsey Vaughn lost uh, didn't medal in her first event, I was I was reaching out to her if she needed someone to cuddle with to whatever. I was prepared to pretty much auction <laughs> off my entire life uh, to get to Pyeongchang. I'm only, I don't even know how many flights it takes to get to Pyeongchang, but I'd have found a way to be there for Lindsey Vaughn. Um, some things are worth it. We're big friends, me and Lindsey. Yeah, we're we're tight. Um, but I I think some of your some of your like I said, fringe fans, they like that some. And you're filling the gaps because a lot of what you're covering during that time is on a tape delay. So sure. people are watching it, you know, a lot of them probably haven't checked their uh, sports app on their phone a million times like I do. And a lot of them probably haven't stayed up till 4.30 in the morning on a Friday uh, to watch the curling gold medal. Game. I know I did not. <laughs> We're in South Bend, Indiana, and, you know, jackass over here is, is – drunk as a skunk and i'm like i drove 10 hours that day try, <laughs> just trying to sleep and he's like you know he's like yeah we do that stone baby <laughs> good stone like good stone his, lo- losing his mind hard but- <laughs> hard <laughs> like, i'm like i just i just wanted earplugs or you know fucking mallet that not watching it on my four inch phone because the hotel television <laughs> didn't get nbc sports you know and even with the bars closing at 3 a.m there was still plenty of curling that you uh, that you could not watch at a bar. You had to right. do it on the on had the to TV. do it at home. But uh, yeah, I, hopefully you know NBC might kind of learn a little and, and and you know see some of you know what maybe they did wrong here. A um, couple of things that went right though in the Olympics, and that was the women's uh, the women's hockey team. They win gold. They 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 get to the the game that they were expected to get to against the opponent they were expected to see. And they beat Canada for the gold in what was a an awesome and thrilling game, um, and and yeah, I, I saw a lot of people because it was I guess on the uh, it was the early morning, but it's the anniversary of the 1980 miracle on ice, and yeah. I saw a lot of people saying, you know, oh, it's the the miracle on ice again. I'm like, okay, time out. Like, it was awesome. It was redemption. It was you know 20 years of uh, you know of of a team looking to 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 win that gold and and get over that hump. But I, I have a hard time calling it a miracle. I mean, they were expected to play for gold. They all they almost always play for gold. Now, if the men's team would have gotten played for gold, then that probably would have been okay uh, as a miracle. You know, maybe it was the redemption story. However, you want to slice it, uh, it was really awesome to see uh, this group of women uh, capture the gold. It's kind of eluded them for the last few Olympics. Yeah, I would. Uh... I would say it, it it does not border on miracle for me, like you said. They, whether or not they were supposed to win, um, I mean, they were going to be there, and people expected a good game, which they got. Absolutely. Uh, it, it wasn't like people said, well, if they can get Canada again, maybe they'll have a chance to beat the best team in the world. It, it wasn't lopsided. No. You know, it's a, it's one where it's like, who's going to win? Uh, and, and it got there, and, and it was an exciting game. Um, I mean – you can say all you want about no shootouts, but I thought the shootout – I mean, if you're going to have a shootout in a gold medal game, that was about as exciting of a shootout as you're going to have. Um, but, again, it goes sudden death. Maybe you get that moment for a, uh, a little more suspense. Right, I mean, if it goes four-on-four, four, drop it down even to three-on-three, three, I think you're still going to have a thrilling moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was exciting nonetheless. Yeah, and that, that goaltender for the U.S., uh, she she just stood on her head, man, for 20 Sign years her old. up. Get her on a roster somewhere, 
Like some There's got to be an AHL team ECHL or an ECHL something. team out there somewhere that's, you know, having trouble pushing tickets like cuz where is she from? Illinois or something? Uh, I always guessed Minnesota, Minnesota but Minnesota Illinois. Illinois I guess. There's got to be a minor league team out there that that you know, spin the wheels and pick her up. I mean, how what what could it hurt? You know, especially if you're a team that is is not in a in a playoff. Well, it could hurt the ego of the current goaltender, I guess. It's a skosh. Well, let's keep the, her out of the AHL because we don't need the Bears getting beat by her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's keep her out of there. Um, and then, of course, men's curling. And this will wrap up the. Uh, There's the, your miracle. The Olympic. On ice. Yeah, this was the miracle on ice. What a uh, or miracle as they're calling uh, it. Miracle. Gotcha. Uh, what's the meme going around? Like it, it looks like just like a bunch of dads that wanted to go to the Olympics. Yeah, I feel you could just pan out and look at the rest of the Olympic curlers, and a lot of them are kind of close. Um, but uh, yeah, this one exciting. I mean, I saw bits and pieces of it, but I didn't. I didn't see a lot of it live. Um, but uh, curling is is my besides hockey, my number you know probably my number two sport that I enjoy watching throughout the the Olympics. And I've had so many people be like, "This is so." boring how can you watch this and then you explain to them just the basic rules and the majority of people go oh this is actually pretty fucking exciting you're like yeah it's amazing how when you actually understand what you're what you're watching um might actually make a difference in uh in 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 viewing so um hey jim you should try that for football season next year oh oh, (laughs) wow Man, no hold. Uh, I thought we were done talking about football. Are we yeah, back anyway. talking about football again? Because I'll talk about football. Yeah, thanks sure, a lot, sure, Dave. Sure, it'll thanks. hurt Jay Morrison. It'll hurt me. So go ahead. There was a Super Bowl a few weeks ago. <laughs> <God dang it. laughs> I'll um, tell you, I saw it. I'll tell you who won. All right. Well, why don't we talk about baseball a little bit? Uh, well, Jim, the other the other thing you got to mention with curling is I believe it's the only Olympic sport, and it was on the internet, so it must be true. But I believe it's the only Olympic sport that you're legally allowed to drink before you can participate in it. The Olympics Act. Additionally, you need I, to bring up. Uh, I know in the players' lounge country. they do serve beer. I, I saw players. I don't know if they were drinking before, but no. there was plenty of beers after. Uh, my, I fa- think they were because yeah. I mean I feel like it's like beer pong. You need a couple. You need a couple to, to to calm the nerves? Question mark. I, I I don't know. Either way, it's uh you know it's focus fluid. The best was the Canadian men's curler that like he was watching his wife curl for the women. And he's like slant. They keep going to him. He's on like beer four. Oh, yeah, and it's like nine in the morning in Korea. <laughs> it was like That's at okay. the time. It was just kind of one of those, those had, hero moments. I've I was had like, beers earlier you know, in the in the day before. You know, I, I you know, oh Canada. Like I was just I was ready to move. I was like, they're they're my speed. There. <laughs> what? That, how many how many different pairs of uh, pants did the the Norway curlers? I think it was like it was an absurd number, it was like, like 22 twelve or eighteen or, or twenty two or two something like that. But they, they don't even play. Even if they went to the gold medal game, they're not playing that many matches, right? No, I mean, I mean there's a halftime. Maybe are they just, changing at halftime? Just swap them out. Change? You know, Best what if another, what if another team wears the same pants? You know, what if it's just? They, a pretty safe bet that that's not happening, especially if it has the Norway flag on it. Probably <laughs> yeah. not going to do that. Mind games, though. But anyway, go USA curling team. Schuster, big fan. Saw every every stone, every end of that final. Uh, they came to play. They caught fire at the right time. It was phenomenal. Baseball, baseball. Uh, just just going over. The, there's a the, the rule change for this upcoming season, uh, and it has to do with uh, with pace of play. Uh, in that teams will only get six mound visits per game now. Uh, they were looking at uh, implementing a pitch clock, uh, but the they were unable to reach an agreement on that. Thank God. Um, let's see here. Uh, teams will now be allowed 
be limited to six mound visits per game plus one additional for every extra inning played. Uh, the league's official description of a mound visit is a manager or coach trip to the mound to meet with the pitcher shall constitute a visit. A player leaving his position to confer with the pitcher, including a pitcher leaving the mound to confer with another player, shall also constitute a mound visit regardless of where the visit occurs or the length of the visit. So you can't even have that, you know, catcher coming out to discuss something quick, shortstop coming in to discuss something quick. So that are that is the rules so of So it's any visit. Any visit with a pitcher and a player or coach or and you, of, and you or, get how many? You get 6 per game uh one per each extra inning. Okay. If it goes into I mean um, 6 is a lot. I mean it, it, Yeah, I think, you know, and and because sometimes, you know, that's where it can get really really kind of drag a game on especially when you get into the later part of the season playoffs that sort of thing um except exceptions to the rule uh it does not count against the mound visit total uh, a pitcher catcher conference between batters infielder goes to the mound to clean his spikes during rainy conditions they have the little you right. know, spikes there uh any visit involving a potential injury uh any visit after a pinch hitter is announced so those will uh you know, okay, I like that one. Yeah, you know, and and I understand like baseball purists not wanting the game to really be be messed with because it is a sport that is not timed, right? But as, as I, I would probably call myself, probably more of a casual baseball viewer, as you know, like I'm, I'm pretty passionate about hockey, pretty passionate about football. Like I'm not as passionate about baseball. Um, first off, length of season plays into that as well, um, but. Like I was down at a, uh, I got f- free tickets to my work to Phillies Braves game uh, two summers ago, and the game was over in like two hours and thirty seven minutes. And I was like, if every game was that fast, <laughs> I'd probably be more of a baseball fan. My problem is like I'll turn on the, I'll turn on the game, watch a couple of innings, bored out of my freaking skull, do something around the house, and I'll come back and it'll be still be like, you know, the middle of the fifth, and the game's been going on for three hours. I'm, how do people watch this all the time? Like I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, I would. I, I, I mean, I enjoy watching golf, but I can't. I can't sit and watch baseball that much just because of the length of the games. I think the the, the interesting thing on this is, and the thing I would like to know is, what did a game average on mound visits last year? Like, I feel like the catcher coming out to the pitcher is one thing, and I, I, I feel like that there has a place for that once in a while, but I, I feel like this rule doesn't change a whole lot. Like, I feel like there's Ten percent of the games that are affected by it. I feel like it's a a lot of noise, but it's not going to have a huge outcome one way or the other. Um, but it'll be interesting to see like what what constitutes a, a visit per se. Like if the batter if the batter is out and then the catcher takes two steps, you know the 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 dirt in front of home plate there and starts talking to the pitcher, but the pitcher stays on the mound. Is that a technical visit type of thing? Um, and B, who the hell is going to keep track of this during the course of a baseball game? And where can I sign up for that to be a paid job? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the million dollars. I would assume home plate umpire is going to keep tabs. On well, I would imagine there, there's going to be – because there's always off-field officials um, with, with these sports. So I imagine it's probably going to be somebody uh, in a booth that will have some sort of communication um, with the umpire, maybe even between innings and just you know make them aware that you know they've reached five or that, you know they've hit six, no more – and and it, there may obviously there will probably be games, of course, that teams don't hit that six. But I think it, it, I think you'll notice it more 
um, like divisional games, games once you clear the all-star break in August, September, because, you know, that's when you start to see that, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of mind games, gamesmanship sort of thing with, you know, left-handed batter comes up. So you change pitchers and, you know, right-handed batter comes up. So you take the mound visit and, you know, you throw a couple, you know, you throw two balls and the guy comes out and I'm waiting for like a petition to be filed to like be able to remove a pitcher without visiting the mound. Like if you have a starter, you're like, get him out of there. Like you don't have to talk to him. Just get him out of there. You know, because I, because I, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see where the cutoff is. Because I, I know the the argument is is late in a game, and I'm a baseball purist, so I'm one of your like, let's not mess. Like, with don't the game. don't mess with the game. Like, because part of what I enjoy about baseball is the kind of manager chess match and the pitcher catcher chess matches. So like pitch clocks and and counting the visits kind of throws some of that off. And I think teams are going to try to limit visits to their starting pitcher. Like your starting pitcher is going to be all alone for like the length of his there's not going to be like hey how you feeling you know what i mean they're going to wait till between innings to ask him that that's how it's going to have to be and then it's well, a matter catching of, a lot of this with the, the catcher to the pitcher counts as a visit too correct jim yeah well yeah, i thought it said an exception was between batters like or something like yeah, that but between batters but how many times do you have it that it's 2-2 and the catcher calls time runs and out, out and there? goes that's out yeah. so, so that you know that's the i think that's the kind of stuff that will you know three seconds here, five seconds here, you know, when, you know, you're, you're in a situation where you have runners on first and second and, you know, the shortstop, you know, comes in after a pitch and is like, right. you know, do this, do but that. There's a lot of stuff there. Like that catcher coming in, if there's a runner on second, maybe it's a, like, we want to minimize that it's a big pitch. We want to minimize the risk that that guy sees anything, you know, well, I think that's and probably come out and, and, and discuss it for a quick second and go back, you know, just to, to get that pitch called. But I think that's probably where you might start to see teams using different, you know, different hand signals and uh, signals and not nonverbal communications, almost kind of like, you know, when you see in the, uh, in the NFL and college, different, different signs and things, you're going to have to do something. Yeah. You're going to have to do something nonverbal and, and make it almost quicker. And I think this could potentially, um, you know, ha- have an impact on, on the length of games because you're, you know, and, and, you know, I, it's, I, I I'm in, intrigued by this because, you know, I, I think that, that is the problem because you're you're in a society where the attention spans are just going down and down and down. So, you know, you you if you want to continue to have people care about baseball, I think you have to find a way. You you, you can't change the game. Completely. I don't think you're going to get the game down to 15 minutes. I don't think that's no, and, and I don't think you should. I don't think you should mess with it. You know, a ton, but doing a, a, a few little things that can just keep the pace from really getting slow. I can't believe what hasn't gained ground is kind of and and I brought it up before I obviously have no uh direct connect to the commissioner of Major League Baseball, but I've talked for a couple years about don't mess with the game, but like the biggest chunk of time that's taken up for me in baseball is the every single inning or every pitching change we go to a commercial. Just like we do and I'm thinking, if you want to do baseball the right way, I mean, is there anything really wrong with doing the NBA, put an ad on the on the jersey, or do what soccer does and make the advertising more in-game? Like, each inning, you put it up under the scoreboard, and you let them know, like, you know, this inning brought to you Have by... an ad on the on the mound. Right. I mean, and, every, every... And do the little pop-up picture-in-picture, picture, like, when there's a little little gap, and, like, have the ad run you know, and bring it back away. Yeah, we I have mean, every, every pitch in there. is filmed from, you know, from center field. 
And you you know you have you've now seen every team has their logo yeah on the mound. Put Geico next to that. Put KFC next to that. Whatever, whatever you want to do, and you can even run video ads like in game. It, it doesn't. Sure. You just lower the voices of the guys talking about who's sitting in row three. Com- commercial breaks will be shorter this year. Um, during the Start. regular season, um, let's see, new in between inning commercial break times, regular season games, two minutes and five seconds. It was previously two twenty five. Um, nationally televised games, two minutes and twenty five seconds. Previously, two minutes and forty five seconds. So you shorten each of those uh, by twenty seconds. Postseason games will still be two minutes and fifty five seconds. You have you have more ad time. Uh, oh, more people are more, tuned more in, people yeah. tuned in. All of that. Um, that's twenty seconds. That's twenty seconds makes a huge difference. though if you factor it eighteen times across the innings, though, sure, you know, sure, it does. sure. Yeah, it it's doesn't. Cra- it's crazy to think. You know, twenty seconds is ten minutes over the course of a game, roughly. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, doesn't say anything here about. I'm curious if the ads themselves will be shorter. Like, if they're selling shorter blocks, or they're just selling like one less block. You know what I mean? Like, is that? I don't know how they're shortening it twenty minutes. I'd be curious to know. If they're if it's like we, we yeah, have one less yeah, advertiser, no, or you get one less well, spot per game for booking with a, a major league game, I, I don't know how that works. Well, ask uh, ask Jim about a short twenty seconds. He's familiar with that. <laughs> I get mine in. Oh, by the way, speaking of time, you talk about how long the baseball season is. I did look it up. Uh, hockey, football, both six month seasons. Uh, baseball, an inflated seven. Seven months. Oh, yeah, and just so many more games. I mean, obviously, the NHL season 82, uh, Major League Baseball 162, so almost twice as many games. So they're not giving the Phillies a bye week then? No no bye week? Probably no bye weeks, in, in, uh, except for the All-Star break. So most players get it's a it. Shame the, it's a shame the Phillies don't play in February with a PH. The they might have had February a uh, winning record Phillies. there. They <laughs> well, probably they, won their spring training games. They, they, they won. They won. They won in four, one in three in spring training right now. Stop. That's all right. I mean, the Flyers had a ten-game losing streak at one point. Um, how the pitch clock not implemented this year as part of the pace of play rules, um, but MLB and Commissioner Rob Manfred have been pushing hard uh, for the pitch clock, and that is unlikely to stop. Uh, one thing to keep in mind is that the pitch clock has been used. Uh, at the double A AA and triple A levels for three seasons. Uh, and obviously, with that, an increasing number of pitchers that are pitching at the major league level have been using that. Um, so it wouldn't be a major adjustment to the players, just to the fans so, watching it. So, Jim, with this pitch clock, and I have admittedly very little knowledge on this, but I feel like the pitch clock, just in theory, is a huge advantage to the base runner. If you have a 20 second time limit and the clock hits 19 you know the pitcher is going in you know whatever the the, the next second or so so it has to off. yeah has to go right yeah i don't I feel like that that's a huge adjustment to the purest in the game it yeah changes the game completely but you could also argue you could go back to the pitcher and say if he waits till the end of that count and thinks that runner's gonna go you know, it, it, it helps – it changes everybody because now that pitcher's like, well, I could throw a fastball, try to get him running. But then the hitter knows a fastball's – you know, so it's – Yeah, I, it's I, a little bit of everything. I haven't – I honestly don't think I've been to a double-A AA or triple-A game in the last three seasons. So I, I haven't seen it at work. Um, and and I, I admittedly, like Dave, I don't know a lot about it. You know, I'm – again, it's the, it's the major sport 
that I care about that I care about the least. I say that because I don't really care about the NBA. So uh, sounds like a huddle up podcast road trip this summer. Um, most definitely, I'm up for that one. Uh, do a little Facebook live and at a baseball game. Uh, but let's move to the uh, to the frozen sheet. The NHL trade deadline was on Monday. Um, some relatively big moves at, at the break. I don't think there was anything that you know was was super uh, landmark or, or earth shattering. Uh, on the day, I think uh, you know the Rangers were dumping a lot. Uh, Ryan McDonough moves to the, moves to Tampa Bay. The Rangers get a few picks out of that one, including a 2018 first rounder. Um, you know the the Golden Knights round out their roster a little bit. Uh, Buffalo, I think this was probably the biggest one uh, of the day. Evander Kane moves to from Buffalo to San Jose. Um, boy, a little change in the weather, huh? A skosh. Buffalo, New York in February to San Jose, California. Um, in return, the Sabres get a 2019 first-round conditional pick, a fourth-round 2020 conditional pick, and a uh, prospect forward. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, the the, the Blues, uh, you know, made a move to, to get a 2018 first-round pick. They moved Paul Stasny out, off the roster. Um, you know, no, I, I don't think it was one of those deadline days – guys where you go holy hell I can't believe this guy got moved um you know Rick Nash was dealt from the from the Rangers uh, a, a few days before the deadline I, I don't I don't even know that I, that I necessarily have a, a winners or losers I mean I think um you know the best team in the league the Vegas Knights they, they rounded it out uh the Sharks probably uh, maybe with with a Vander bringing a Vander Kane in but um nothing nothing landmark I don't think no, I mean I thought, they were all pretty pretty well called. Tampa Bay got pretty good with uh, McDonough there. Thought that was a pretty big pickup for them as well. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Las Vegas got a little bit better, uh, but I agree with everything you said so far. But uh, Tampa Bay got a, little, uh, a pretty solid uh, veteran there in McDonough. It sure did, and you know they're they're sitting at the top, actually in top of the league currently in in play tonight. They're sitting. Just uh, catch my. Uh, just cash my Vegas Knights nice future. That's all I'd ask. There, you, there you go. They are they are atop the, uh, they are atop the Pacific Division, and uh, tied for the second most points in the NHL. Them in Nashville at eighty seven. Um, I think probably one of the more stunning things is is because we haven't talked a lot of hockey this year. Obviously, coming out of the football season, is um, you know, in the Eastern Conference, the Metro Division. Um, has really been the strongest one since the NHL went from the the three divisions per conference to the two divisions. The Metro division by far has been the better for for, for the last few years. But if you look at, at the standings as they sit today, uh, in the Atlantic, you have Tampa at 89 points, Toronto 85, Boston 84. Um, then you go to the Metro division, Washington sitting atop 79 points, Philadelphia 78, Pittsburgh 76. The best team in the Metro would not even would not be in those top three. They would be sitting in the wild card, shooting for wild card, yeah. shooting for the wild card. Um, now, top to bottom, the Metro is tighter. Uh, you know, the the worst of the worst in the Eastern Conference: Buffalo, Ottawa, uh, all both from the uh, from the Atlantic Division. But I think the strength of the Atlantic Division right now may be one of the biggest storylines as we go down the last uh, you know month and a half of, the, of this NHL season. We're we're about twenty. Less than twenty for most teams uh, games left in this season. Yeah, I mean, and I think 
you know, I'm not going to try to tell you that those teams atop uh, atop the Atlantic are, are not good or, or not as good as advertised. But I, I think when for years you've been trying to build teams to win in your division, you got to get in that top three now. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you're not aiming for a wild card; you're aiming for the top three. So the Metropolitan Division has been, you know, you're signing guys, trading for guys, getting your team ready to beat the other teams that you play the most. And the fact that you said it's much tighter tells me that those teams are beating each other up. Like you're getting exchanging wins, you're doing that. Uh, the, the Atlantic, if you have a division that's been kind of poor, uh, poorer anyway, over the last few years, if a few teams decide to load up, they're going to win a lot of the series, season series with the teams in their division, which should create separation and in turn buy you a handful of more points. And we're getting late enough into the season now that even if it bought you one or two points a week, that could be that 10-point difference. So I'm not saying that they're not better than the teams in the Metropolitan, and I'm not saying that because my team's battling for first in that <laughs> division. Um, but I will say that you know that may be a little bit more of a point disparity than an actual on-ice disparity uh, just based on, on what we've seen over the last few years. So, But it is a good point. Yes, I, I completely agree with that. It's that old adage of is it that the top three teams are better or is it that the bottom three teams are weaker and you get to play them more so it's your advantage? 100% point agreed with, though. Um, but it's going to create a, uh, a heck of a race in uh, a couple of the two divisions in hockey. So uh, it should be a fun, uh, what, month and a half till the, the real fun for uh, Lord Stanley begins. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and this is pretty wild. The only two of the original six teams that are currently in a playoff spot are Toronto and Boston, uh, Detroit, New York, Montreal, and Chicago. That's probably the most fun for me, maybe even for you guys. The Chicago Blackhawks well out of the playoff picture, uh, 12 points out of the last wild card spot. Um, the Rangers, Canadians, and Detroit. Detroit is uh, five points uh, out of the out of the closest spot, but I, I have a hard time thinking they're going to close that gap uh, as well. Um, so, so Jim, I got to change the subject a little since we're talking standings, and I know you're a huge NBA guy. Oh God! But uh, for whatever reason, I was looking at the NBA earlier this week, and again, don't don't quote me on this. I would assume you were drinking um, when you did this. I won't confirm or deny the allegation, but. <laughs> um, Hear me out here, and you'll have to pull it up to confirm or deny. Um, but look at the NBA standings. I think there's four or five teams in each of the two conferences, the bottom four or bottom five, that don't have a 40% winning percentage. And then your top two teams in each conference are right around 70%. So it's just amazing to me the difference in the hockey winning percentages top to bottom versus the NBA and, and the prime product versus the decreasing I'm, product. I'm looking, in at my the, I'm looking at the East right now. And I'm looking at teams 11 through 15, Knicks, Bulls, Nets, Magic, Hawks, all below 40%. And there's two at 10 and 9 that are below 48%. They are the, the highest of that would be the Pistons at 47.5%. Um, the lowest, the, amazing, Hawks, the Hawks have won 25.5% of their games. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the West right now. Uh, the Lakers, Mavericks, Memphis, Sacramento, Phoenix – um all below 50 percent uh utah at 31 and 30 is just over um phoenix 18 and 44 they have a 29 percent sacramento 29 and a half memphis 30 
Dallas 31. <laughs> I mean, that is awful. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you have, a, you have a 30 or I don't even know how many teams are in the NBA all, in all honesty. You have 30, a 30, 30, 30 15 and 15 versus 15. And yeah. you have, uh, of those whatever teams, you have the bottom thirds is eliminated before the season even begun, and you get half of the league into the playoffs. You really have, you know, you really have 10 or call it 12 teams in each division fighting for eight playoff spots. But, I mean, more realistically, you know six of them are guaranteed to start the year pretty much. So, yeah, it's uh, just kind of interesting, interesting, boring dynamic. Also interesting right now, the Golden State Warriors not in first place. Huh. They are a half game behind the Houston Rockets at 47 and 13. In the, the, uh, the Rocket high- power. Yeah, the Rockets uh, with the highest winning percentage at 78.3. That's incredible. Unreal. Uh, Toronto, the way, the Toronto Raptors are in first place. Like, I missed that. Like I've been following it loosely with the process and 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 Embiid and and but like I did not see the Raptors at seventy plus percent winning. What did they do? The funny thing, I mean, oh, they might beat the Maple Leafs. Last, <laughs> they're confused that basketball is down a national sport of Canada. Right, I was gonna say I mean, like the Eagles. The Eagles won that giant toilet bowl game, so Canada's confused too. Like last year, like we were. I was in. I was in Toronto and. Um, like we obviously you see billboards for and advertisements for for the Maple Leafs. I even saw stuff for the Marley. I don't remember seeing anything for the Raptors. Like I don't know if they were even good last year, and I I couldn't tell you one way or the other. But the, like I mean, they have a professional, you know, major sports team in in a city, and I I don't recall seeing uh, anything for them. But speaking of Toronto, and we'll go back to hockey for just a second this weekend. Uh, is the stadium series Capitals and Maple Leafs? Um, and, and one question that that sometimes comes up with these with these outdoor games uh, is is the NHL doing too many of them? Um, I mean, I know I I love watching them. Anytime they come on, I'm going to watch the answer them. Is yes, um, but but you think they're doing too many? I mean, I don't. It's to a point where like you know I I follow the Flyers very adamantly, and I keep track of some of the standings and and the free agency's fun. Uh, so I would consider myself a little bit higher, or like like more of an avid fan than than your average viewer, and I mean I still feel like I'm only half sure which outdoor game is which. I don't know. Like I remember it was a Winter Classic, and now there's the Stadium Series. Is there more than one Stadium Series? I'm still confused. Um, year to year, it changes. Now this year, this will only be the third outdoor game because you had uh well i guess the nfl plays most of their games outdoors so i guess they do play most of them outdoors um but you had the the senators and was it montreal earlier in the year uh in in the i think it was like the centennial classic and then you had of course the winter classic the rangers and the sabers and now you have uh the caps and the maple Leafs. so i I, there was one year where they did the, the winter classic and then i think there was like five or six stadium series games. You had like two in California, and then you had like Chicago, couple in New York, um, and 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 you know I think so. It ended up being eight or nine outdoor games in, in the course of the season, which may I have think been that might have been the, the season I'm thinking of in my head. Of yeah, that. like this year, this is only the third one. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool setup uh, down at uh, Annapolis at the uh, at the Navy Stadium. Um, caps in all blue. It'll be the first time they're wearing all blue. Maple Leafs, though, and this is the interesting one, all white. They're hot. White, Those white are pants. Bomb. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely going to be an interesting look 
uh, on the ice on Saturday. Hopefully the Caps win, but uh, the way they're playing, I don't I don't have a lot of faith. Um, but we uh, we uh, will see. But I mean, I and I, I want to kind of defend my point a little bit on the outdoor games. I'm not going to go too far into it, but. I think I mean obviously if you're selling tickets and everybody's having fun and it's making money like there's no problem having them what it hurts is the kind of selling point or the value of that game like being able to sell this is the stadium series this is the winter classic right like which- like the stadium series like if you have different names for each game and there's maybe there's some nonsense trophy that they play for or something okay but I feel like when there's so many, you lose that kind of value to it. You lose that kind of yeah. uh, you know, reason to go. And people are like, well, we'll catch the one. We'll catch the next one. Right. There's one in like two weeks. But yeah, this year you had Centennial Classic, Winter Classic, Stadium Series. And I'm okay with that. If they spread them out well enough, I, I yeah, think it's I think it's the fine. first one was in uh, November, or late November, early December. Then you had January 1st. This one will be March 3rd. So spread out a little bit. Um I know you know Dave and I were up at the uh, the Hershey Bears uh, outdoor game uh, this year, so uh, it's fun, fun as hell to be there. Uh, I, I wanted to try to get down to this one, but uh, unable to. I'm sure they'll get another one in a couple of years. Uh, let's just do a couple. Yeah, Jim, I think it's I think it's all about the uh, the stadium series is all about the the outdoor stuff. In my eyes, is all about. Um, I, I think you can have three, four, five outdoor games a year. But where I get agitated is probably a little bit of a strong word, but where I get irritated maybe is when you have the same teams. Like what's wrong with Washington hosting Dallas in this game? And I'm just picking a team, Phoenix, you know, Tampa Bay, someone sure. from the South that doesn't Do get like this opportunity. Granted, it's not a rivalry game, yeah. but how many, how many Tampa Bay fans would come up to see, and I don't know the answer, but uh, how many Tampa Bay fans would come up to see an outdoor game? Um, I, I just think it would add uh, – if it was promoted correctly in, in the home market of the opposing team, it would add a lot of uh, energy, for lack of a better term. Oh, no, so I, I, I think interesting, to say the least. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And, and I, the, the couple of stadium series games they had uh, a few years ago in California, I thought was really cool because, you know, you, you, you for the – for the Easter games and the winter classic, they always put in the fake snow and they really try and play up the winter scene. You know, they had like palm trees and shit in the outfield uh, at, at these California stadiums. And I thought it was just a really neat look because, you know, you can keep once, the, you know, once the sun starts going down, you can keep the ice cold. You know, the ice isn't going to melt when it's, you know, even 60 degrees outside. Um, so even host a game in Tampa Bay, host a game uh, in Dallas, you know, Phoenix may be a push. I'm not sure, but you know, you you can you can host games in these warm weather cities. Yeah, I've I've said for years that I thought it. You know, there was I think the the, the year where they they had all of those uh, stadium series games. I think between you know road games and hosting one. I think the Blackhawks played in three outdoor games that year, and I was like, why do they always get to be in it? You know, give it give it to the give it to the Blue Jackets. You know, give it to you know Minnesota. Give it to you know it. it Give it to Nashville, you know. Put hey, in Sean. A, put an outdoor game, yeah. in the Titan Stadium. Well, 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 Bozo's still rumbling here. Did you catch that? That he said he wanted Dallas to host a Winter Classic game. Yeah, I, I think it's that. the only way that uh, Dallas might be playing a meaningful game in the state of Texas in February. Not a good? football reference. Cough, cough. That's pretty good. That's adorable. That's pretty that's good. adorable. 
And, and to throw out another another thing, and what, what about the concept of? And I and I don't know how it works scheduling wise, but I mean, you pretty much play everyone, like even in the West. I mean, maybe not near the end of the season, but like if there's a second half game between like two first place teams, just making it an outdoor game. Like, could you just could you throw it. it together? You know, if you saw it coming. I mean, at least if they were playing well enough that like by the time you got it together. It would like they may not both be in first, but they're both clearly playoff. So you're teams. saying like right now, like for example, the Penguins Flyers are are close. I mean, maybe it's a bad example because they're rivals anyway. And they probably would have an outdoor game, and they do next year. Next year, yeah. But um, you know, lightning night. Yeah, sure. some with the with Las Vegas. Sure, Can you imagine two... an outdoor game in Vegas. Oh my god! Well, uh, there was a preseason game there once. Exciting. But yeah, I mean, right now, you know, you know, at what I guess UNLV Stadium or something yeah. like that. You know, throw one out there. You see, you know, Tampa Bay is coming to town in, in a month. You know, I think right now you could sell tickets like crazy. Oh, yeah. And it's not the biggest stadium either, so you could find a way to do it. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, that's an that's an interesting concept that would be uh, really neat for the, uh, for the NHL to look into. Uh, let's look at a couple of uh, football stories. Uh, it was announced. You know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a football story. No, Sean. We were well aware. Okay. I've I've seen you like four or five times this month, and that's the only shirt I've seen you wear. Well, it, it gets... did you? Well, here's the question: I did you buy a ton of them, or you just wear it every day? I haven't worn the backups yet. I haven't. I haven't. I All haven't right. bought. Yeah, I, this is the same shirt. It's been washed a few times, not every time. But I see you in short stints, so sometimes I put it on just to show up to see you. All right. Well, that's probably fair. Got it. Um. I mean, to be fair, Carolina won. Every time I saw Jim, I would have a Carolina shirt yeah, absolutely. on. Absolutely. Probably the foreseeable this is true. future. This, yeah, you absolutely would. I've debated just going and buying some of the knockoff, like, championship shirts just to wear, like, and get rid of all my regular undershirts. <laughs> to just every, so every day, my you undershirt know. is just a championship oh, shirt. Oh, God. I, 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 think you should, I think you should text him every time you wake up in the morning and just a picture <laughs> of the Super Bowl trophy or well, something I, ridiculous to start I, uh, his day off correctly. I listen to the Preston Steve show, WMMR, and they, when they do the sports update every morning, at the end of the sports update, the uh, the anchor on the show that uh, goes over the sports finishes, has done it for the entire month, and I'm sure it will continue, and the Eagles are still Super Bowl champions. And every day I'm like, ah! See, I would have just run down a series of scores and been like, and in NFL scores, uh, the just, Philadelphia Eagles have defeated the It kills the me. Every day, it's forty-one Every to thirty-three. Day um, to win the Super Bowl championship. So yesterday, the uh, the news broke that Des caught it, and Calvin Johnson caught it. But I've seen the statue. He didn't catch. No, a he did. Pass. But uh, it, it is <laughs> the the competition committee has reached a unanimous agreement that uh, some of the league's most debated catch controversies over the past few years would, in the future, be a catch. So of course the the highly the most highly publicized ones are the Des Catch in 2014 playoffs and the Calvin Johnson in 2018. Um, that Calvin Johnson one, even with the rule in place, when I watch it happen, I'm like, that that's I've seen it. I still don't think. How do you not give him that catch? Yeah, I he used the ball to stand up. I to, still he, don't know how you don't give it to Des Bryant, but we've debated this. Um, the, Who cares? The Cowboys won the Super Bowl in the 1990s. Who cares? It's the, the past. The Giants owner, John Mara, um, who is uh, a committee member, says, I think we're unanimous 
um, the go, you know, plays going to the ground that, uh, you know, they, they should have been ruled completions. So let's write language to make them completions. And that was the thing that I said from the, the minute this news broke yesterday is I don't give a flying rat's ass how you view any catch that was ruled not a catch or, or vice versa in the history of this league. Just figure out a way going forward that you know what a damn catch is. Yeah, put it on put it in words. That's all that matters. Make it Cause oh. right now it's it's still a little open ended, but like I mean it's closed enough for me that when I watched like the catch in the Steelers game that was controversial this year and I watched like, you know, and when they showed slowed down that Des Bryant replay, because I had already seen the Calvin Johnson one and read over that rule a dozen times, when they slowed that play down, I said they're this is not going to be called a catch because I knew the way the language was written that because of how the ball moved or because of what you reached for, I'm like, you did not, you know, and up until this point, it's just been your job as a receiver to understand that rule, right. to know that rule, and somehow at a full speed of a football play, not do what comes naturally to you and just hold on to the damn ball. Right. And, I mean, th- this is this is where, and I, I've known the league has had a problem for a couple of years. But where I knew that they really had a problem in this thing absolutely has to be addressed and would be addressed was during the Super Bowl, the, those multiple plays, the Clement catch and the Zach Ertz catch, that you have people, and I'm not talking fans, I'm talking former players, analysts, uh, you know, current players, current analysts, whatever. During both of those replays, if you opened up Twitter, it is just full of... I have no idea for both of those plays. And that's what I'm like, that this is this is a problem. When you have people who are currently playing the game, and they're not they're not necessarily saying they don't know if it's a catch or not, they're saying they don't know how it's gonna be ruled. Right. Because I, it's, but it's I think a, some of that is is they watching it, you go, it's a catch. And then you watch the replay and you're like, but they're gonna overturn it. You know, and then you're you're like Or vice versa. Right. And I, I, because it's it's too open-ended it's too open for interpretation gene steratore they ruled both of them a catch yes and what was interesting is in a mic'd up version of the uh, coy clement catch uh where there you can hear the referees talking as they're watching or they're watching it and it's it's off in new york somewhere but they're watching the replay and they're talking about it and they talked about because in that play the ball does move before clement's foot steps on the the sideline Mm -hmm. okay so a lot of people said well that ball moved but you can hear the officials going, the ball's moving, but he's controlling the movement. He's putting it away. And there's a part written in the thing that says if you're controlling the movement, if you're on your own moving the ball, you have control. You still have control. Whereas if you're falling to the right, ground like and if the I ball's ta- on if its I way take, out. If I have the ball in my left hand and I'm moving it to my right hand, you still have control. I have control. I'm making that And with Clement, out. it was from two hands to so one arm on and a side. side. Yeah. Okay. So like they were saying like the, and and that's the only reason why I think that one's But stood. if if Hockley's watching that is he making the point that no he's losing control of that ball. To be fair, this is all going to one guy, right? This all going in the NFL like they shoot this off to Manhattan somewhere and they they decide, right? But I I still think that the the yeah, the lead official so in the, in the Super Bowl's case Gene Steratore is talking to New York, but it ultimately is Steratore's call, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I was I was I've been I, along with that all year. I think that that you know the the official in New York is giving his interpretation, but ultimately the 
official on the field still still makes the rule. I believe that's the case. I don't I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure. I think that, you're correct, Jim. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Uh, is, is, is now the NHL. The only the, thing is, is the other way. I'll, I'll I'll hold off. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, no, I think the only thing is as NFL fans that we're really asking for, and you guys have both hit on it, but we don't care what you determine is a catch or isn't a catch. Right. We just want it enforced uniformly across the games. And I think that goes for any flag, any – Absolutely. I would rather have poor, consistent officiating than good lops. You know what I mean? Like where somebody's making – like the right calls, but only for one team. Right. Well, and we were at, um, you know, we were in South Bend. We at the Notre Dame hockey game on Saturday, and you and I both commented how they were letting a lot of, you know, a lot of things go, like slashes, hooks, things like that. But it, I think there was only about three or four penalties called in that entire game. Yeah. But it was even. They were letting it go on both sides. You, you've seen situations in games where, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever, where where, where things are ruled you know they're 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 tight on one team loose on another and that's a problem or they're loose at the beginning of the game but then they tighten, tighten up, up as the game and that's goes on way worse well and, and and like here here's why i think you know the league really needs to get something in writing needs to make it more uniform and i think probably needs to have less verbiage and and you know less detail oriented in this stuff i think that's the biggest problem because there was a play and it, like I saw this clip, it was it was like three days after the Super Bowl of a side by side. There was a play: the Packers versus the Vikings from about the same yard line. The Packers had the ball going into the end zone, same exact, pretty much same exact body mechanisms, everything as the Ertz play. And it was rule. It was initially ruled a touchdown. It went to review the Packers. It was overturned. Obviously, it went to review in the Super Bowl. The Eagles, it was upheld, and I'm not. And I, I think it was a touchdown. So I'm not saying right. that the Earth's play was not a touchdown. I'm, I'm going to have to watch that the that particular one. I mean, I was not really <laughs> not not in a well. And when those replays started going, the trouble as a fan is like you start going, "Well, it's definitely a cat." And then you watch one, and you're like, "Ah." And then I walk away. And I'm well, like, and that's I'm the not thing too is right you know, now. like Eagles fans across the border, like you know. With the Clem- Clement one or the Ertz one, if this one gets overturned, it- it's proof that the NFL's in the Patriot, you know, the uh, Patriots in the right. NFL's pocket. But if it was the Patriots who had the ball, the Eagles fans would be like, "Oh, that's not a catch." No, I was, I was more concerned on Clement on the Zach Ertz one, and I didn't see this uh, other one. But Ertz, the fact that he like later I watched it and I'm like, he caught that ball with a foot on yeah, the there six was, yard. Yeah, line. there was no doubt. That like, that. and then I watched two more steps and a foot drag before that ball touched. I'm like, there is no way. Like looking back, that like I'm just they thinking ever... if it's a Super Bowl, like as if you have to create any more drama. But beyond those two, those two things, I thought that the, the Super Bowl was pretty well. I thought it was too. done. I thought that they did a good job for a it. you know they, think, they pieced together. I think crews. Gene has the Gene has the best crew in the NFL historically. So he's the, he's one of the best lead officials. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a great official. I was bummed we didn't see him pull out the index card. Yeah, in well, this one though, I was uh, nothing that close. I was hoping for an index card moment. But yeah, in in a crew where obviously in the playoffs they have it's it's a thrown together crew. Right. It's not the normal crew, but I, I thought they did a really good job. Um, just some player new. Oh, the NFL has a new pizza sponsor. They went saw from, that they went from one terrible national chain in Papa John's. Uh, the to uh, Pizza Hut, which may or may not be worse depending on which kind of crappy pizza you like. So that is the uh, the Pizza Hut is the new uh, official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Uh, some player news: um, Frank Gore will not be returning to the Colts. 
Uh, these are just a couple things. Matt Forte announced his retirement today uh, from the NFL. I don't think there's a lot of surprise there. No. His career has been on the downturn. Um, Jonathan Stewart uh, will not be back with Carolina. Uh, Doug Martin released from the Buccaneers. Who cares? Um, Teddy Bridgewater expected to become a free agent in Minnesota. Um you know, it, unfortunately, a guy that you know lost his spot because Someone's of an injury. Give him a shot. Somebody will give him yeah, a shot. Yeah, he he will land somewhere. Um, Maybe that's Cleveland's thing. Maybe they just take him. God. Who even freaking knows? What and then you Cle- draft Saquon Barkley and just throw the Giants. What what uh, Cleveland's going to do? Um, so I would I would assume that the Vikings are just doubling down with uh, with Keenum, and I don't see why. not. Although I saw that that I mean I saw a report, and I, I I don't have it pulled up right now, but it was one that they they may not. Like they said, they're not going to tag Keenum. I know that. And there, there's like there was something where they weren't going to offer him like a longer term deal. That they were going to basically let him field offers. Um, and I would assume try to match if he wants to. But it looked dangerous. I remember the wording of the article, so I'll look it up. I'll it's get a bold, it back to you It's next a bold time. move, Cotton. Yeah, he's all for it. I just was like, what are you doing? And uh, Rob Gronkowski, of course, uh, in the mo- in the moments after the Super Bowl, speaking to the media, you know, he said he was kind of kind of evaluate everything, um, and the media ran with that. They were putting him in a main event at WrestleMania this year, and uh, and all sorts of different things. But Gronk is expected to return. Um, which to me is not a surprise. I didn't think he was actually going to retire. I've said for a while that I think he will play as long as Brady is the quarterback and um, obviously barring injury, but he will be the, I think he and Brady and Belichick are all going to retire together. I think that's ultimately what will happen uh, with new England, but Robin Gorkowski is expected back with the Patriots and uh, just coming out in the last couple of hours, uh, Cowboys coach Jason Garrett declined to say if Des Bryant will return this season. He said, we have a tremendous amount of love for Des as an organization. There's a, obviously there's a lot of decisions we have to make with the team. We have some guys that, uh, different kinds of contracts that you have to discuss every year. Cowboys, uh, executive vice president, Stephen Jones didn't rule out cutting Bryant after calling him a distraction this off season. Uh, his on-field production has been declined the last three years. And he hasn't uh, looked the same since a Jones fracture derailed his 2015 season. The Cowboys would save $12.5 million um, from making Bryant a post-June cut. So that will be something to watch. I ultimately think that he will restructure and end up in Dallas. I think the, 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 the dollar value on the contract is too high for well, where Des Bryant is that. now. Um, but just based on you know the, the, the Cowboys kind of you know, taking a risk on him. The Cowboys have invested a lot into Des Bryant, and honest to God, I don't. You don't have a lot of other options if you're the Dallas Cowboys. So, for the love of God, find a way to bring Des Bryant back, uh, because otherwise, your number one receiver is Terrence Williams, and he's still looking for a sideline somewhere, somewhere, any sideline, any do. some sideline, any sideline. Um, hey, wait, are you a sideline reporter yet? Yeah. Could you tell me where it is? I'm looking for it. I got to get out of bounds. Just I need to get out of it. You are out of bounds. God, he's oh, terrible. man. Can I get it? I, I need to get inbounds he's then. Terrible. He's terrible. Got, he's the worst. Oh, I just found the report. It was just that they're not going to use the cap or the uh, the tag on him. Okay. They're not going to use the tag for sure. It would have cost them $23.29 million to franchise tag Case Woo-hoo. Keenum. I guess they felt that was a little steep, so... I, I guess agree. they're banking on him taking their deal. The trouble with not doing the tag is, like, that buys you time to do a deal. 
like now it's kind of one of those like you better get it done because now yeah. you're you're, you're kinda, uh, you haven't hedged your bets. At Jaguars all. Uh, upping Blake Bortles for a few more years. Um, so Shaking kinda, Blake that takes the that takes Jacksonville off the table for the Kirk Cousins. Um, there's a there's a lot Does of it? reports. I listen to Steve Zabin every day, uh, most every day, and uh, Chris Cooley who covers the Redskins uh, still believes that the Redskins are even despite the Alex Smith trade, are going to franchise tag Kirk Cousins. Uh, baffling. I mean, I guess you go, well, we could get some value for him. like, Or teams could stick you with it. Right. I mean, no one else has had him yet. Right, like that's a shitload of money. That's just so much money. I mean, I assume it's the same value, that 23 point uh, uh, Yeah, around there. Um, I, I think he should go to Denver or Arizona. I think those would be the two best landing spots for him right now. Why not? Or, I mean, if there's another middle-of-the-road one that's like, well, we'll let you, you know, compete. I mean, there's a lot of teams that have good teams that could, like, he could probably win a QB battle on, on several teams. You know what I mean? So I think Cleveland would be a mistake, though. Well, they'll probably throw him a ton of money. They probably will. <laughs> so now it's a Kirk Cousins. I think, the, I think the, the, the question for Cousins is, are you going to go for money or are you going to go for a chance to win? That I think that's the question. I mean, you go to Denver, you go to Arizona, you're going to get money. Well, there's talk that the lack of a tag from Keenum. I mean, and I thought of it right away. was like, does that mean they make a stab at Kirk Cousins? If you don't pay Keenum or, like, you're going to delay this deal and let maybe you let him go to free agency, get some offers. Because I'll tell you what, if, if, if they're not – uh, committing to one of those three guys on their roster, and I'm uh, walking out of Washington D.C. and Dan Snyder's office. I'm strongly considering whatever the Vikings want to lay down on a piece of paper, because that team is good, pretty much ready. Real, yeah, already. Yeah, they they are. You know, outside of the Eagles, they have to be. And the, Adam Thielen catches absolutely everything. They have to be. They have to be the number two. You get it within fifteen yards of Adam Thielen. That pulls card in the uh, in the NFC. So that's an interesting little thing to leave you. Yeah, with. Yeah, definitely, definitely going to be definitely going to be some stuff there. Um, I'm, I'm not going to get in because you know, we, we, we've cleared an hour. I'm not going to get into this the, the college FBI basketball scandal oh, and, and all don't. of that because uh, it, it's. I think there's too much to cover this week. We can we can jump. It's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere, this story. So uh, let's let's look at doing that next week. Um, Dave, before we cut you loose here, bud, um, let people know where they can follow you on Twitter. And uh, then we're going to wrap this thing up. Yeah, definitely, guys. Another good week on the show. Uh, Twitter is at DGerhardt024. Uh, the only other thing I'll add, uh, just to throw it in the mix a little bit, Jim, you know i got to get it out there, but uh, – Tiger was semi sort of in contention on Sunday in a Ooh, golf tournament. He's looking good. He's looking good. Masters under forty days away now. Not bad. You get Masters just give Sunday me Tiger on a Sunday. Give me red shirt, black pants, black hat Tiger on a Sunday at Augusta. Just in, in contention, just in the conversation, and I'll be happy. I'll be a happy man. But yeah, definitely will be uh, something to watch. He's looking. He's looking a lot better. He's looking a lot better than he has in recent years. He was close, man. He was close. So a lot of a lot of fine tuning there. But when he had the mistake, it uh, cost him. So uh, who knows? Still got a month till got a month plus till Augusta. So time to clean that up. But uh, 
again, uh, at dgerhardt024 on Twitter, and uh, we'll catch you fine gentlemen next week. All right, see you, Dave. I just gonna do it, Sean. Let people know where they can follow you on Twitter. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, baseball, baseball. Too long of a season, too long of a game. But uh, let's shorten that up. But uh, if I can watch Tiger on Augusta on the 400th oh, golf God. tournament of the year, I'm really excited. Awesome. Uh, uh, just leaving you with uh, you chest about the Raptors last year and whether or not they were good. They went 51 and 31 last year. We're a three seed out of the East in the playoffs, but were swept in the first round of the playoffs um, that year. So they, uh, they, they they made it. They did something with themselves, but uh, did not do anything. They were swept by the Cavs uh, in the in the semifinals. So um, anyway, the Twitter handle you can catch me at, Sean, S-H-A-W-N underscore Nice, N-I-E-S, uh, on the Twitter. Not a ton of traffic out there, but we're picking up some steam, sharing the, the stories that you need to hear. So uh, come out and find me. You can find me at Big Jim Sports. You can find the show at Huddle Up Podcast. That's on Facebook and Twitter. You can also uh, subscribe to us, Apple Podcast, Android, uh, I think Google Play and Stitcher. You can also follow us at NGSC Sports Radio, NGSCSports.com. Also streaming daily at LeapSports.com. This show brought to you again in part by QB54. Head over to PlayQB54.com. Use promo code PODCAST for 20% off your order. The Just an awesome, exciting New game taking over tailgates, beaches, and much, much more. Spring is right around the corner, folks. Again, playqb54.com. Use promo code PODCAST. Also, you see that little gold belt shining in the back? Undisputedbelts.com. That's my little plug there uh, for a great group of folks for a great custom belt and fantasy football championships. So we'll catch you next week. Again, subscribe, like, share, and let people know. Until next time, go for the win. Go for the win.